but I'm thankful for what God has given me for this morning. I believe it's going to touch somebody. Somebody say, touch somebody. I don't know if any of you remember this, and, and maybe you don't. Uh, maybe you, you were able to have the, the, the higher value meals. Um, but does anybody remember Shake and Bake, the, the stuff for chicken? You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about Shake and Bake from the movie that some of you are all thinking about. I'm talking about Shake and Bake from the, the food, you, you know. And, and I remember as a young person, I wanted to do something nice for my family. I was young. Somebody say, I was young. I'm going to know sometimes when you're young, you're dumb. I'm going to know sometimes when you're old, you're dumb too. Amen. Okay. Amen. Don't point to nobody. Don't point. Don't. But I remember, I remember I, um, I got the, the shake and bake. My mom got a box and, and I found the chicken in the freezer. Somebody say freezer. Yeah. First, you're supposed to thaw it out. Didn't know that. Yeah. I, I just figured, you know. So I opened up the shake and bake bag, and I remember putting the, the frozen chicken in the bag, and I began to shake it. And I pulled that piece of frozen chicken out. It had all the shake on it. And, and I thought to myself, there's probably a little bit more to the process than what I'm seeing here. I kept forgetting about the bake. How many, how many know this morning, just because you shake it doesn't mean it's ready to eat? Yeah. I found there were some parts of the process that I missed. First of all, you got to clean the chicken. Yeah, got to clean it. Then you got to put it in the bag and shake it. Then you got to put it in the oven and bake it. That's the shake and bake part, Amen. If I pulled that piece of chicken out this morning, if I would have a bag of shake and bake up here and I'd pulled out the raw piece of chicken, I don't think a lot of folks would have been ready to take a bite of that. But if I'd have pulled out a nice juicy piece of KFC, uh, that finger licking good recipe, you'd be willing to take a bite of that because they've been through a process. Sometimes the fire makes the difference. Look at your neighbor say, the fire makes the difference. See, there's a lot of people in the house today that I believe have been shaken. A lot of folks been shaken. And they think the process is over. And they're wondering why God's not done anything in their situation. It's because you've only been through part of the process. The shaking has to happen. But I believe we're in a place where the fire has to start. Look at your neighbor say it's all about the fire. We cannot be what God has called us to be. We cannot do what God has called us to do until we go through the fire. Somebody say fire. We've been told our whole lives don't touch the fire. Yeah. And if Cooper gets near our fire, a fire, he likes fire though. He does like fire. If we get near a fire, we have to tell him no. And, and I've told you this before. If you look on Mandy's Facebook page, there's a video of her starting a fire with a gas can. 
We'll just say it's not the way to do it, but it's pretty funny. But we've been told don't play with fire. It's not a place of comfort. It's not a a thing for the weak. It's not a place of pleasure. But this morning I want to tell you today that fire has purpose. It has purpose. And I want to share with you what the purpose of the fire is today. I want to read a couple of scriptures. We have some more we're going to share in a minute. But I, I just want to read two. Zechariah chapter 13 verse 9. Zechariah 13 verse 9 says, And I will bring the third part through the fire. Somebody say through the fire. And I will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say it is my people and they shall say that that is my God. Malachi chapter 3, verses 2 and 3 says, But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap, and he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. I want to talk to you just for a little bit this morning about the fire. Somebody say the fire. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your presence that's in this place. I thank you, Lord, that you are going to do a work in this house. And it's not going to be of man. It's not going to be of anything other than your spirit doing a ministry in this place. God, I pray that you would hide me behind your cross. Let these words be your words. Holy Spirit, you are the one that does the work in this house. Now, Father, I pray, God, that you would touch hearts, lives, and ears and to receive what you have today for this people in Jesus name and everybody said amen so a refining fire let's talk about fire what's the purpose of fire the first purpose of fire is purification I knew I'd get a lot of shouts when I heard purification because we don't like the purification process purifies uh, in purification, silver, how many, I'm not going to ask if you have silver and gold, but silver, uh, when, you're being, when it's being purified, it removes the imperfections. It takes the things out of the silver that need to be removed so the silver can be used and have the most value possible. And so if The scripture is likening us to silver. The purpose of a refiner's fire in our lives is to remove the things that are in our lives that don't need to be there so that we can have the most value. Now hear me, our value will never, has never, can never change to God. You are, listen, if you are one less point valuable today than what you were yesterday, then Jesus, we missed it, right? You are the same value to God. But the value comes into who we're able to reach that are around us. That's where our value's at. And so the purpose of the refiner's fire in our life 
is to remove the things that should not be there. Scripture says he sits as a refiner of fire, a refiner of silver, sorry. And so let's talk about a modern-day refiner or silversmith. They make about $40 an hour. Anybody want to be a silversmith now? Maybe. Maybe. Make about $40 an hour, and they sit for 45 minutes, and they look into a circular hole of the fire pit. And the heat and the flames and the glow are so intense that after about 45 minutes, for the safety of their eyes, they have to take a 15-minute break. How many know people that work like that already? They're like, wait, they work 45 minutes, take a 15-minute break. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if the silver is taken out one minute too early, the process is ruined and needs to be restarted. If the silver's taken out one second too late, it's going to burn and the process is ruined. There's no thermostat, there's no timer on the furnace. The silversmith's eye is trained so well that he knows precisely when the silver has reached a perfect place and the process is complete. Now hold on a second. Hold on, let's take this for a second. The silversmith's eye is trained so well that he knows precisely when the process is complete. The Lord sits as a refiner's fire, as a refiner of silver. He knows in our lives when the process is complete. I don't know about you, but I would rather be in the fire with the Lord watching me going through the process than sitting in the comfort of where I'm at and his eye not be on me. That's just me. But when is the process complete? For a silversmith, the process is complete when he can see his reflection in the silver. How many know this morning our desire has to be to be like Jesus? Our desire has to be have his thoughts, his ways, his plan. And when our process is done, that's when he pulls us out because we look like him. We will never be like Jesus. We will never have the thoughts like Jesus. We will never live like Jesus desires us to live without going through a purification process. And it's not just a one-time deal. Hold on, maybe y'all thought it was just a one-time deal. But what I found is once I go through the process and I think, hallelujah, that is done. I'm good. All of a sudden, there's something else down deep in there that has to come out. Purification is not an enjoyable process. It's not a pleasant process. It's not an easy process. But my desire is to be more like Jesus. And if that's my desire, then I'm going to tell you the process is worth the pain so I can be like him. Maybe that's just me. That's just me. What, what I found is, is, is uh, Luke, come here for a second. I'm, I'm going to use you. Go ahead and turn around. There you go. Here's what happens. When we're being refined, we don't know we got an issue necessarily. All of a sudden we feel, that feel very good? Not really, Okay. 
feel better? No, it didn't. The more he does this and purifies us, and takes the impurities out with the fire. Can I tell you, the best thing I know is this. Not only is he watching me, but he's touching me. And I know this, if I'm being purified, I'd much rather be purified with the fire that he is watching and touching me with than sit with the world and have all the junk on the inside of me. We live in a, listen, we live in a society today that says you can live how you want, you can do what you want, and you're going to make it to heaven. I'm telling you, that is not the truth. That's not the truth. There's still a standard that God requires, and there's still a process that we have to go through. It's not easy. It's painful sometimes. I'm going to let you be seated for a second. I might use you in a minute again. We'll see. There's a process we have to go through. That process is purification. And I'm thankful for the refiner's fire. Although I don't like it, I'm thankful for it. It's a place of purification, but also the fire is not only a place of purification, but it is a place of protection. Now, that doesn't make a lot of sense. In the natural, how can the fire, a place that, a thing that usually consumes things, how can it be a place of protection? So we have the refiner's fire that is God watching, God handled, God designed. Then we have this type of fire, the type of fire that is protection. If we look at Daniel chapter uh, 3, 20 verses 23, I'm going to read it. It says this. It's a somewhat familiar story for most of us. It says, and he commanded, he being the king, commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, if if you've watched VeggieTales back in the day, it was Shad, what was it, Shaq, Rack, and Benny or something like that. So I could say it that way. That's easier. But he, he commanded, the king commanded that the men bind them, somebody say bind them, and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. These men were bound in their coats and their hosen. How many have your hosen on today? I hope so. Their hats and their other garments, and they were cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's command was so urgent, the furnace was exceedingly hot. I don't know when there's, listen, I I think hot is hot. Fire is still fire. But this was a hot fire. And the flames of the the fire slew the men that were throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. And these three men fell down in the midst of the fire. You say, well, I've heard this story before. Well, we're going to take just a little bit of a turn on it because understand, it seems like a crazy thought that a burning, fiery furnace would be a place of protection. It seems like today when we go through a fire, we're praying God get us out. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in a fire And you didn't hear them screaming, get us out. Because it was a place of 
protection. How can this be? The three men, uh, the, the, the men that threw the Hebrew boys in the furnace died just getting close. So how can it be that three guys don't get burned, they, they are in there, and they don't die immediately? One verse makes the difference. How many know one verse makes a difference? One verse makes a difference because in verse 25, the king comes back and he said, hey, What's going on with those boys down there? He said, didn't we just throw three of them in? Didn't we throw three in the fire? He said, but I see four in the fire. And he says, they've not been hurt. And the fourth one is like the image of the Son of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not alone. The fire is a place of protection. The fire that the devil meant to stress you out is about to bring success into your situation. How can I have success in the middle of a fiery furnace? Because I have a fourth man in the fire and he is walking with me. And if he's with me, I cannot fail. Through the fire. Though the fire is different than a refiner's fire, the refiner's fire is to work out the impurities that God has in our lives. This fire was set by Nebuchadnezzar, and he planned it, but I'm going to tell you today that God ordained it. I'm going to say it again. There may be situations in your life that the enemy plans, but God has ordained because God's going to use the thing that is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold on, I'm going to hold on, I'm going on, I'm going on. Whoo, I'm excited. You think this is good. Here we go. The fire was different than the refiner's fire. But God still used it for their benefit. Verse 27 says this, no hair on their head was singed. Their coats were not changed, meaning they weren't touched. They didn't even smell like fire. When they got them out of the fire, they said it's like the fire didn't have any power over them. I know you're sitting today going, well, I don't know if this fire is going to take me out. I don't know if this plan of the enemy is going to work. I want you to know the plan of the enemy, you might as well understand today, has no power over you. Because there is a fourth man in the fire with you. The fire of the enemy was used for punishment, but God is going to use the fire and did use the fire for a public display. And this morning he is working on your behalf and he's going to do it publicly on your behalf. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the story goes on that they were promoted. And there's some other pieces we're going to talk about. They were promoted because of what God had done in their life. God used the situation of the fiery furnace to put them in a higher position. Listen, throw me in a fire. I said, throw me. That's two people. Throw me in a fire. 
throw me in a pit. It does not matter because I know there's a fourth man present. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He said he'd be with me always in the good days, in the bad days, in the fire, in the pit. He's my protector. He's my strong tower. He's my help. He's my watch. He's my help. He's my strength. He's my protector. I'm not running from the fire. I'm running to the fire. Because I know it's a place of protection. I'm celebrating today that the enemy has designed it for my destruction, but God is going to use it for my destiny. Man, I know, I know, I know. We look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we say, man, God, God, how did you use that? God used it to put them into the next place in the part of their destiny. And we see when we go through fires and trials and tests, and we say, God, why am I going through that? God is not trying to leave it there so it can destroy you. God is using it so it can set you up for your destiny. Not only... Not only is it a place of purification, the refiner's fire purifies. Not only is it a place of protection, I'm going to say this before I say the next point. I want to say that some of you think that through this trial and test, you're going to lose everything you thought you needed, but God is not going to allow you to lose what you needed. You're going to gain everything you thought you lost in the middle of this fire. Hear me again. You thought you were going to lose everything in the middle of this trial and test, but God is not going to allow you to lose the things that are going to set you up for your future. He is going to make sure you have more than you need when you come out of this thing. Purification. Protection. We go back, and we can look at verse 20. Chapter 3, verse 20. The king commanded the mighty men to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said, bind them. And if we look at verse 24 and 25, the king says, what's going on down there? And he said, I I see four. And the Bible says, didn't just say four. He said, I see four men loosed. They were walking. Hold on a second. They got thrown in. They were bound. But they look down in the fire now and see four men walking freely. You say, well, that's easy to make sense of, right? Because that means the thing, the fire was so hot, it burnt, hold on. If it burnt everything, then why wouldn't it burnt their clothes? Why wouldn't it singe their hair? Why would they have not seemed like they had even been in a fire before? Why was nothing else harmed on them? Somebody say loose. People in this house have been bound by the things of the enemy and they've been shaken and the enemy has tied them and they've been unable to do the things that God has called them to do. And here's the reason, because you ain't been through a fire yet. The only thing that the fire destroyed was the thing that the enemy had bound them with. 
This morning, understand today. You say, well, I don't know. I keep walking around bound. I I don't know. I can't do the things that God's called me to do. I'm just going to try to live like this. No, get into the fire. Because if you can get into the fire, it's going to destroy what the enemy has bound you with. Thank you for the five of you. God bless you. God will use the fire to loose you from the things that the enemy has placed on you. God will use the fire to loose you from the things that the enemy has placed on you. The things that the enemy has bound you with. The things that is, that's what the fire is going to destroy. I know John said it this way. He said, another comes and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with Fire. Why is he using fire? One, because it purifies and it cleanses. But two, because it will burn up anything that the enemy tries to place on you. Hear me today. You think you're going through a fire just so you can tell everybody you've been through it. No. God is using that fire to get you loose so you can be all that God has called you to be. He's about to remove the things that are binding you when you're in the fire. God is about to use the thing that the devil meant for your harm to kill you. He's about to use that thing to set you free. Man, I know, I know. You may not get any of this. That's perfectly fine because I'm preaching to myself today. Hear me today. I'm telling you that God is going to use the thing that the enemy meant to destroy you and kill you with. He's going to use it to set you free. (laughs) Woo. Oh. Oh, man. Woo. Ah. The addiction that the devil tried to use to kill you, God is going to use to let you help others be free from that thing. Not just you. Oh, help me, Jesus. The fire is either going to refine you or it's going to define you. It's going to either refine you or define you. I want the fire to refine me. God's desire is that we are in a place and we are in the fire so he can purify our lives, so he can protect us, so that he can bring us to a place of freedom. Somebody say freedom. I don't know where where I'm at. There I am. There I am. This morning, I come in, and every Sunday I'll come in and I'll print my notes. And, uh, and I come in and I started to hit print. And I know what I typed in. I know what I wrote. I know what I saved or I thought. I come in and there was three of my slides that were completely erased when I went to print it. It had like three words on the top of each one. 
And I started to get mad. Anybody ever got mad before? Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes back to that song, My Frustration Gets So Out of Hand. Um, and I said, well, Lord, I'm, I'm going to just write what you told me to write. And I believe this. I believe the Lord said we are at a pivotal point. We are at a pivotal point. We are at a pivotal point personally and individually. And we're at a pivotal point corporately where we have to make some decisions. That the call that God has on our life and the call that the ministry, that God has on the ministry, that we are going to go through the fire. That we are willing to say, we're going to do it. Hell or high water, we're going to do what God has called us to do. Hell or high water, test or trial, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Because where there is no process, there is no promotion. Oh, hear me. That's why people... Um, there's no process, there's no promotion. Understand, that's why a lot of churches are content with filling a building, but they're never going to fill the kingdom of God. The devil doesn't mind a church that fills a building. The devil does mind a church that fills the kingdom of God. I don't know about you. I'm willing to go through the process. I'm willing to go through the fire. I'm willing to go through the test if it means we're going to fill the kingdom of God. I could care less about the building being full. I want to see the kingdom of heaven grow. I can make the decision for me, but you've got to make the decision for you. I don't know about you. Maybe you never get disappointed. Maybe, maybe you never get upset. Maybe you never feel like quitting. But I do. And this morning, I promise you, as I'm sitting down there praying, I heard the little devil on my shoulder saying, ain't, no coming, ain't nobody coming today. You know you're no good. You know you're not ready. You know you just got those three slides done. You know you're not ready for this. You know. You know you. Start going through a list of things from 20 years ago in my head. Saying, church ain't never going to grow. People never going to get hungry for God. People ain't going to be passionate. Go through the fire. People got squirt guns. They don't want to touch a fire. And as I sat there and spiritually battling I'm not battling just for me. I'm battling for you because I'm declaring that this place is going to be a house where the Holy Ghost and fire is moving and God is changing lives. I'm not backing down. I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. It doesn't matter if I fail 50 times. I'm getting up 51 because God has a purpose and a plan for this place. And if it's just me and Pastor Rick, we're going to sit here and we're going to proclaim that he is on the throne in heaven is going to grow. I made up my mind. I said I made up my mind. I don't know about you. I made up my mind. 
pit, storm, fire, flames, persecution, ridicule, rebuke. I am going through the fire. I'm going through the test. I heard somebody say the other day, well, Pastor, you've heard about what's going to be happening sooner or later in the United States, that they're going to jail you when you preach, a, when you preach things that are contrary to the culture. Well, get the, get the, uh, get the handcuffs ready because I'm not changing. If God's word didn't say it, I'm not changing it. You say, well, you have to adapt to grow a church in the culture that we're in. I don't have to adapt to anything. The word of God has stood true and it is timeless and we will stand on its word. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you. I'm talking about for me. But it's time we got to stand up for truth and say enough is enough. Made up my mind. I said I made up my mind. Why would I leave where Jesus is at? I'm convinced. I am convinced. I am persuaded is what the Bible said. I'm convinced that what our world wants is truth. The, the, the culture says they don't want it. They want to feel good. They want everybody to feel. They want what's real. They want genuine. Listen to me. I believe there's going to be a day. And you say, Pastor, you're talking crazy. Come on with me then. Either you're going to be crazy with me or you're going to sit there and act like it, that I am crazy. I don't care. But there's coming a day when we're going to be sitting in this building and there's going to be people driving by saying, I don't know why I stopped at that church, but there was something that drew me there. Not because of the preacher, not because of the music, but by the power of the Spirit drawing them. That doesn't happen unless we go through a fire. It doesn't happen unless we go through tests. If we want to see promotion, we got to go through a process. This morning, some of you feel like that God is doing a purging in your life. Some of you think God is removing things from your life and you say, I cannot live without this. I cannot live without that. I can't do without this. I'm telling you, God is doing a purging. Mm. Come here, Luke. I need you to hold that for me. Okay. You hold that. That's, That's part of Luke. This is going to be something inside of him that needs purged. Are you with me today? Okay. And in this process, here's what happens. God says, I'm going to take the thing that needs to be removed and purified and purged. I'm going to take it out of your life. So that I can give you what you need to do the work in your life. We think that we're losing everything. But what we don't understand is when God takes it out, he puts enough in to do what we're called to do. My God. You wonder how you're going to get equipped to do what God's called you to do? It's very simple. Allow God to purify you and purge you and he'll take the things out that you don't need and he'll give you everything that you do need to do what you're called to do. 
you may feel like, hold on a second, I don't know if I'm done with you yet. <laughs> you may feel like that everybody else around you is living the dream. You may feel like everybody else around you is not dealing with the fires and the trials and the tests. And I want to tell you, they're not. Because they don't want to go through the fire to be purged. They just want to go and be sanctified Sally on a Sunday. But I'm much less worried about being sanctified Sally on a Sunday. I'd rather be saved on Monday when I go to work and Tuesday when I go to work and and make a difference for people. As we're going through the process, God's eyes are watching you. And you say, I know God's watching. Listen, we've been, in, we've been in church long enough. I think some of you may have heard, not, I'm not talking here, but in church in general, God's watching, and you know why he's watching? It's like Monsters, Inc. Anybody ever seen Monsters, Inc.? Hold on, hold on. This is spiritual. Monsters, Inc. There's Roz. Roz is on there. She's, oh, I'm watching, always watching. Trying to find somebody to do something wrong. And we think, because... Whew, I about, about used a word like dumb. I'm not going to say that because I wouldn't do that because I don't think people meant it on purpose that way. But people have preached that God is watching, waiting for you just to mess up. He's looking just to see if you're going to mess up. That's not what God is doing. God is watching, saying, come on, baby, get through the process. Come on, look like Jesus. Come on, look like my son. And as soon as you're out of the, and listen, we're always in the process, but as soon as you get ready, he takes you out. You're more valuable. Again, not to him, but to those around you. While God is watching you, I believe you need to hear this today. You're not in the fire alone. Now, if we look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we say, hey, you three guys, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get thrown in a fiery furnace. Don't worry about it. Jesus is going to show up. He'll be with you. How many think they would have had no problem jumping in? They'd be like, all right, let's go. They'd have been fine because they knew that they were going to be protected. They knew that they were going to be fine. It would have been easy. I'm telling you that if God was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he'll be with you too. Don't fear the fire. Say, Lord, send the fire. Don't worry about the flames. Say, God, send the flames. You say, Pastor, that seems so gruesome. No, I want God to burn up the things that are not like him so I can be more like him. I'd rather do it myself. Self will never get it out. Oh man, I gotta go. I gotta hurry. The fire is proving your faith, and it'll be a testimony to others to who God is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego took a stand. And when they took a stand, 
after the fire was over, God was recognized in that area because of the stand they took. I don't want abounding grace to be known. I don't want Pastor Steve to be known. I don't want Pastor Rick to be known. I want God to be known. I, I, I want God to be known. I don't care. Listen, I prayed. I said, God, I don't care how you send revival. I don't care how you send it. I don't care if it's an evangelist, if it's a teacher, if it's music, if it's prayer meeting. I don't care. Whatever you got to do. I don't want to based on a person. I don't want to based on an individual. I don't want to based on a preacher. I want to see revival, life transforming revival, however you got to do it. And right after that, I'm going to give you fair warning. Right after that, when I said, God, I want you to send revival, God said, I don't think people want revival. Uh, not God. I believe the enemy said, I don't think people want revival. I don't believe they care about revival. All they care about is coming to church on Sunday. And here's what I said. Please don't be offended. I said, well, here's the deal, God. If the people in this building don't want revival, move them and bring people in that want to see it. You say, well, pastor, that's, you're talking about me. No, I'd rather you get, get, on, get hungry and desire revival, but God either send revival to them personally so you can send it to us corporately, or God go ahead and move them on and bring people in that want to see revival. Why? I'm not talking about revival, a bunch of meetings so we can say we had meetings. I'm talking about revival where the kingdom of heaven grows, where people are changed, where addicts are set free, where people are delivered. Oh, come on. Y'all praise team better come up here because we got stuff to do and, and people are getting mad at me now. <laughs> we almost need new shirts. Not saying we're going to get them. It says, I want revival or get out. Say, Pastor, that's not very nice. Hear me. Hear me. I, I love every single person. I want every person that wants to be here to be here. Please hear my heart. Please hear my heart. I want everybody that wants to be here to be here. But my desire is that there is a hunger after the presence of God. Not so we can say, look at what God has done in our church, but so we can say, look what the church is doing in our community because of what God has done. That's my desire. This morning I was going to bring some fire, and Luke would have been the lucky guy today. If I'd have taken that lighter... Match, and I'd have said, Luke, touch this fire. He would have went real quick, pulled back. Unless he's like one of those blow fire, I don't know. But 
Here's, here's what I'm going to tell you today. Please hear me. Don't jump out of the fire. Jump in. Because in the fire, you're going to be refined. In the fire, you're going to be protected. And in the fire, you're going to be set free. I never want to pray, God send trials. But I know this, that when tests and trials come, that brings us to our knees. I'm saying, God, we need the fire. We need the fire in this temple, in this house. And God, we need the fire in this house. But what I cannot say is you individually choose to desire the fire. What I can tell you is this, and I'm closing, is the process is worth it. The purer the silver and the purer the gold, the higher the value. And you may say, well, why is God using, I mean, listen, Pastor Rick's in the newspaper all the time. And not in a bad way. He's he's not in the areas that we worry about, the obituaries and the rest. He's not in those two areas. He's in the good areas. He's, He's, I mean, they're always doing something. I'm going to go off for a second. This week, my wife had a phone call. It was supposed to be a a group. I shared this Wednesday night. It was supposed to be a group of people, ladies. She met a lady in, in, in Chattanooga when we were there visiting at a church. And it was an older lady, but you just there was something something special about her. She wasn't part of that church. She was there at the conference, and and um, my wife com- had a quick conversation with her, and they became friends on Facebook, and and you know how that is. The rest is history, right? And and so this lady put out an invitation for this women's Bible study on Facebook. On I believe it was, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, Tuesday night. And I'm out watering my grass, and I'm thinking my wife's going to help me. And all of a sudden, she gets on the phone, and I'm like, I got a little frustrated. And I come in the house after I got done, and she's still on the phone. And she come out, and tears were pouring down her face. And I said, what's wrong? She said, nothing. She said, this lady, we were supposed to have this meeting and some technology issue happened I don't know what happened but only her and I could connect and she said for an hour that lady didn't do a Bible study she prayed and she prayed heaven down and she said she said that people in this she doesn't know where our church is even at she said the Lord said that people in this church had went through a season of hurt many years ago but through that season of hurt that God was going to restore and bring even greater blessing and though the hurt may be over that memory is still present but yet God is going to do greater things and my wife looked at me and she said you know what I thought of and I said no she said 
I thought of Pastor Rick and Trish. And she said, because whether you know it or not, pastor is not an easy job, y'all. Some people like you one week and hate you the next. And they still love you because they got to make it to heaven. But sometimes it's not always easy. There's a reason why God is blessing what is happening at Hand Up Village. It's because Pastor Ricks went through a fire and continues to go through a process. That's why it's continuing to be blessed. That's why there's continuing to be a process. And this morning in this house, let me tell you, you can go through the process and you may wonder why God's not using, or why God's using them and why is God using them and why is God doing that through them? It's because they're going through the process. You go through the process too and God is going to use you. God is going to keep you. God is going to protect you. God is going to promote you. God is going to set you free. We're better when we go through the fire. Stand all over the house this morning. You say, Pastor Steve, you have been all over the place today. Here's my call. Go through the process. Don't run from the fire, run to the fire. The fire is going to purify, it is going to protect, and it is going to set you free. Go through the process. If you bow your head and you close your eyes in the house this morning. I've told you I've made up my mind. I've made up in my heart what I'm going to do and because of the responsibility that I have I'm speaking for this house now too as it has for over 35 years for sure we're going to stand for truth and we're saying Lord send revival send the fire send the fire I'm speaking for me and I can speak for this place and the direction of this ministry but what I cannot speak for is you today this morning in this house you make a decision you make the decision God send the fire or you can make the decision I'm running away from it I don't want anything to do with it but I believe today is a pivotal point and it's not a pivotal point whether you come here or you don't come here it is a personal pivotal point for you saying God send the fire into my life in this place this morning I'm not going to ask for a hand to be raised I'm not going to ask for you to come to an altar I'm going to ask that you have a conversation with God for yourself I had to have one for me you need to have one for you today are you going to run to the fire are you going to run from the fire purify me God purify my heart purify my thoughts purify my intent Purify me, God. Remove the things that don't belong, God. And God, replace them with the things that you know I need. That's my prayer. What is your prayer today? Come on. If I, you take whatever you desire.